Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. You know, social scientists and psychologists tell us that we are happiest when we have the opportunity to serve others. And that's biblical too. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we are created to do good works. Yeah, actually God's design for you and for me is that we help others. And so when I think of that, I think of ADRA Canada and how they help people, not just here in Canada, but throughout the world. And so um, before we talk to our guests today, we're going to look at this message. In remote rural communities of Africa and Southeast Asia, many people have lived their entire lives never having visited a doctor or healthcare professional. With clinics and hospitals being so far from the village, the cost for transportation and fees for health care were considered too great. As a result, mortality statistics were high, especially for mothers, babies, and children under five. Through the Embrace Project, ADRA Canada, in partnership with Global Affairs Canada, is bringing important health messages to women of reproductive age living in remote regions of Rwanda, Myanmar, Cambodia, and the Philippines. Embrace is partnering with local health systems to make improvements in prenatal care. A big emphasis of the program is to communicate the importance of prenatal visits to a doctor, nurse, or midwife. If transportation costs are an issue, they are covered. With regular visits to the clinic, women can be assessed and monitored for any potential problems with the pregnancy. If complications are anticipated, patients can be quickly referred to hospitals for specialized care, possibly saving the life of mother and baby. Coming into the clinic also gives healthcare workers a chance to do further education, emphasizing the importance of a nutritious diet and healthy living during pregnancy. Once they understand the importance of regular prenatal visits, women are making the trip to the clinic. Wherever this practice has increased, mortality rates have steadily dropped. We invite you to join ADRA Canada and the Government of Canada in building awareness of this important work. Visit heartformaternalhealth.ca today. So today we are honored to have two guests with us. We have Steve Matthews, who's the Executive Director of ADRA Canada. And we also have Annalyn Bruce, who's the Development Program Director for ADRA Canada. Welcome, Annalyn and Steve. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Yeah, and Steve, so you're the Executive Director. Tell us about ADRA Canada, because I had it wrong. I thought that ADRA stood for Avenus Disaster and Relief uh, agency and it's not. You told me something different. So tell us, <laughs> tell us what ADRA stands for. Yeah, you're definitely not the first person I've encountered that's had that uh, understanding. So ADRA stands for the Adventist Development and Relief Agency. Okay. So development is what we're going to be talking about in this episode today. Mm -hmm. And Annalyn being the the director for our development program. 
we are the official humanitarian arm of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm -hmm. We work worldwide in approximately 130 countries around the world. Wow. So we do have quite a reach. Yeah. Our office in Canada supported programs in 26 different countries around the world last year alone. Mm -hmm. And we provided direct support to over 814,000 people. Wow. So you're meeting people's needs in Canada, throughout the world, and just, just reaching where people need help. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Annalyn, tell us about your side from the development. Yeah, as um, Steve mentioned, so I look after the development, the portfolio of Agri Canada. So another colleague of mine looks after the the R, the relief uh, portion of ADRA. Mm -hmm. So what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. I think in, in very simple terms, the development is looking at really helping people to learn how to fish, while the R side, the relief or emergency side of things is like giving them fish. So uh, I think in, that's yeah. the most basic distinction between the work that we do at ADRA. That's a good explanation. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so you're you're there before they get. You don't want them to get into trouble. Exactly. You don't want them to get to the place where they need relief. You want them to be able to feed themselves and to be self-sustaining. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We don't want uh, things to escalate that it would turn into an emergency. So right. we're there to really strengthen them and to make sure that even in the uh, the poorest communities where we usually are, like for them to recognize that they have. Uh, intrinsic capacities right. and to build that confidence in what they can do themselves and not just to rely on uh, external assistance, mm -hmm. which is usually the case once you get into emergency programming where things have been really turned upside down and you have to get help from outside in mm -hmm. order to bounce back. Mm -hmm. So, Annalyn, we just learned about the EMBRACE project or the EMBRACE program. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what EMBRACE stands for? Okay, sure. The EMBRACE project stands for Enhancing Mothers, Children, and Newborn Health in Remote Areas Through Healthcare and Community Engagement. I know it's a mouthful. That but is a mouthful, yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, we're there to make sure that less uh, children die and less mothers die. Mm -hmm. So, in a nutshell, that's what we're trying to do. Okay. Yeah. Tell us some experiences, perhaps, that you've had with the, with the EMBRACE program. Yeah, there has been a number of very um, uplifting experiences that we've had with Embrace, especially at this point where we're looking at wrapping up the project. It's going to end by the middle of this year. And we're seeing success of the program. And particularly, uh, we're looking at the, um, on the savings uh, um, program that is happening, which is a component of Embrace. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is that we recognize that health has uh, many, many factors that uh, could be, uh, that could influence it. So we're looking at, okay, if you have these many factors that you're looking at, what's the best way to address this? Mm -hmm. So our women have said that it's actually livelihoods that will help us to overcome the challenges that we have in health and other aspects of life. So what we've done is we've helped them uh, come up with a savings and loan scheme, a community-based savings and loan program where they themselves are actually doing the saving without any seed money coming from us, but, but from the very small resources that they have, they are taught 
the discipline of saving and uh, how to budget and many other things that come with financial management. And it's it's amazing how really that has expanded to not just healthcare but to other positive um, components. So, mm-hmm. in particular, uh, there's a number of stories that uh, we could share with you, and I think Steve can talk about a very, very um, successful uh, situation in Rwanda. Yes, there's one lady that I met who, she was an entrepreneur. She had been identified as part of our, the community that we were working in as someone who had those entrepreneurial skills. When we met her, she had a roadside data selling system it was a very small hut on the side of the road so for but selling uh, time for cell phones exactly yeah. so unlike in canada where you buy a, a mobile data plan and, and your phone automatically gets loaded with your data every month you actually have to go and purchase data as your data runs down okay mm-hmm. so at her roadside stand she would earn about twenty thousand rwandan francs sounds like a lot of money yeah sounds like a lot of money it's uh <laughs> The exchange rate is a little bit better than one per thousand when okay. it comes to U.S. dollars. So really, it works out to be twenty U.S. dollars a month is what she was making. Twenty dollars a month. Yes. And so she was living off of that. She was living off of that with her two children. Wow. When we met her, and she she expressed interest in wanting to do more, wanting to to start a new business. Yeah. In this area, the chickens would come in from Kigali. Okay. So Kigali is about an hour and a half to two hour drive from this location. That's where they would bring the chicks in mm-hmm. and sell them to, that's their source of protein and eggs and that sort of thing in, okay. in the, the okay. community. She set up, we, we put her in contact with the supplier, so she would be the local distributor. Okay. She built a incubator and now she's getting a thousand chicks per month. Out of that thousand chicks, she is now able to make an income of 650,000 Rwanda franc wow. per month. So now 650 US dollars. But when you think about if your income was $20 a month, up to it went up by over 30 fold yeah. in yeah. 10 months. That's a pretty good increase on your income. So she's pretty happy about the chicken industry. I mean, she, 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 she was into cell phones before, but now it's the chicken industry. Yeah, the chicken industry is doing well for doing her. Well for her. Okay. Yeah, so, she's, so what she does is she gets the chicks at about two days old. Yep. And she raises them to 30 days. Okay. Then she sells them in the community at a profit. And that's how, how it works. But the nice part about it is that she has hired three of her neighbors oh. to work for her. So now they make 50,000 Rwandan franc per month. That's like a $500? Yeah. 50. Oh, $50. $50. Oh, $50. 50 US a month. But that's, that's But when you think about it, she was running her own business making 20. Ah, okay. And now they're making 50. Yeah. And, and working for her. Yeah. So when we visited her, her house, she had built an expansion on her house already. Ten months, she had already built an expansion on her house. Yeah. It was getting more modern. But now the, the nice part about it is she's also looking to expand the business. Yeah. So she's looking to build another um, another incubator yeah. on her property. So it was in construction when we were there to double the business. And then she's going to hire three more people as well. So she'll have six people working for her right. in this very rural area and making 1.3 million Rwanda franc per month. So it works out to 1,300 US dollars That's per month. Pretty good. So, yeah. And in that community, in a country where if you're making 2,000 US a year, you're doing pretty good. If you're making 1,300 a month, you're, wow. you're doing quite well. So, yeah. The I think it's so amazing that she's given 
job opportunities exactly. to six other people, yeah. six other women, you know, yeah. and lifting them up and encouraging them and giving them an income yeah. and helping them with their health and also savings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which they never had before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we find this story and many other stories that mm-hmm. we don't have time to talk about here, yeah. particularly inspiring because while we know that no, this is a project, it has yes. a beginning and it has an end, mm-hmm. yet the impact is going to stay far beyond the end of the project. It, it's it's there, it's there to stay, and not only it's not contained within the project areas, we've had many reports and we've actually seen it even in our monitoring trips that this is being taken up by, by other communities outside of the project area mm. because they see the good things that it's uh, giving to mm-hmm. those that are directly involved in the project. So even on their own, it's organically growing, yes. that they're doing it themselves outside of the project initiative. So we feel that this is really something that we should celebrate mm-hmm. about because Absolutely. it's really something that outlives the project. Right. Yeah. yeah. So your development program is making people independent and giving them a lot of confidence that mm-hmm. they can go forward, mm-hmm. that they're not just dependent upon other people to mm-hmm. take care of them. Yeah. yeah, and you speak about confidence. I think that's actually one of the key issues that we're feeling that actually makes a difference mm-hmm. because if you feel it's it's in your head, if you know that I can do this and yes. I just need to do my part yes. and you know everything will fall nicely together. Right. Because if you come with a with an attitude of defeat right from the start, if right. you don't have steam, self-esteem, if you don't have confidence, mm-hmm. you're done. I think no matter how well designed the project is, right. if you don't have that belief and confidence in yourself, mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So something else that you do also is to help people to um, within their marriages um, mm-hmm. that you have a program that helps people uh, see that there's these gender uh, equalities, I guess, that that will encourage their marriages. And so you showed me um, how you're doing that. And so I'd, I'd like to give the viewers an opportunity to see that program. My husband is a fisherman. We make our living by the sea. We used to have set rules in our marriage. He would fish and I did all the housework and childcare. The ADRA training that we went to taught us about gender equality and the joy of sharing household roles. We learned that when couples share tasks and responsibilities in the home, it can really help the family and marriage to grow stronger. We gave it a try and found it to be true. My husband now helps with things like cooking, and I am helping him to mend his fishing nets. Working together and sharing tasks really does help bring a couple closer together. I think we both now have a much better understanding of the roles that each of us used to shoulder on our own. It has made our marriage stronger. Thank you, Adra. So Steve, we take in Canada gender equality as a just for granted that uh, men can do what is traditional uh, women's work and, mm-hmm. and women can do traditional men's work. And so how are you finding that uh, as you're teaching that in other countries like the Philippines, Rwanda, other places in the world? Um, is it helping them? Absolutely. One thing that I keep getting are stories about how the men will say, my marriage is happier now because mm-hmm. I've taken in some of these things from wow. from what we've learned in Embrace. Right. So 
We have men's groups set up in many of the communities that we're working in. The nice part of the men's group is, you know, the men come together and it's, it's kind of just getting a group of guys together to, to have a chat about some things, but we're teaching them different roles and responsibilities and how they can help it around the house, that they can have a role in raising the children rather than just going out to work. Many of the areas that we work in as well, the men, the traditional thing to do would be to go out and help in the fields for a couple mm. hours with the wife in the morning, and then they go drinking for the rest of the day. Oh. So the challenge with that is not only are they not being of much help around the house, mm-hmm. there's violence in the home. Right. They're spending all the money that could be spent on food on drinking. Right. So now what you have is malnourishment, and the kids aren't getting the food they need because dad just drank all the money away. Mm-hmm. So we're teaching the benefits of not doing that, the benefits of why you need to have a good, healthy, balanced diet, why the woman should have some help and say in where the money's being spent and the importance of making sure that the man helps with the livelihood, providing for the family. So there's a lot of different aspects about that. But one thing I really like about the men's groups is that now the men are going out and telling people who aren't direct beneficiaries of our projects about the benefits in their lives. And they're bringing in other guys that we didn't target as part of our project. So that kind of goes to that sustainability piece again. And Annalyn mentioned about teaching Mm -hmm. how to fish. Well, this is a similar concept where when we leave, that's what we always aim for is when we leave, the benefits don't stop. Right. That's what we we look for in right, projects. Right. So this isn't just theoretically teaching them about gender equality. This is living it. Mm-hmm. So they're living it in their lives, and they're finding they're happier. Absolutely. When they do that, I had one gentleman. He stood up with his with his wife, and he was smiling. He said, "My life at home is so much better. My <laughs> wife is happier." And then he said, you know, we even go to church now. Wow. We're, we're happy that we're, we're part of a church community. My, my family's happier. I no longer lash out at my wife. And, and these sorts of stories are wow. just very, wow. very good to hear, very wow. positive. That is, that is encouraging. And also so good for the children to see mommy and daddy mm-hmm. working together and sharing you know, the different tasks, and they can all work together as a team. Absolutely. They can teach their children how to work, how to do chores, you know, so that it's not just little boys do this mm-hmm. and little girls do that, but yeah. they're working together as a as a family team. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You know, the scriptures mm-hmm. say that two are better than one, right? Mm-hmm. They, have, they have a greater reward for their labor. Mm-hmm. And so we work together. We have this synergy that, that occurs there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any other experiences that you've had uh, along these lines uh, in other areas of the world or other communities where you're mm-hmm. helping? Yeah, yeah. one of the uh, things that we've seen, really, as I said earlier, Embrace is all about you know making sure that less mothers die and less children die. Mm-hmm. And we've had the firsthand experiences as to how exactly Embrace has contributed to that. And uh, I think Steve can share with you a recent experience that he encountered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we do focus our projects, especially for, for this project, mm-hmm. we looked at what are some of the most malnourished areas in the countries we're working in. Mm-hmm. So in Philippines, for example, I didn't know this until um, recently. I only joined ADRA a little less than two years ago. Okay. And coming in and finding that the Philippines is the 11th most malnourished country in the oh. world really shocked me to hear that. Mm-hmm. We pick areas where 
even though it's in the 11th most malnourished country, we also pick the most malnourished parts of that country. Right. And we did the same thing in Rwanda. There was a lady I met in, in Rwanda. Her name is Godens. She had eight children. Wow. And she was, when we found her, she was virtually homeless. She was kind of mm. bouncing around from place to place and trying to, to survive. She didn't have any food, really, and her kids were really significantly malnourished. She had twins. One of the twins was born already small, and the twin wasn't doing very well. And she told us that if Adra hadn't come in my life when you did, my child would be dead. Mm. So to stand there and look in the face of a healthy, well-nourished child, mm. knowing that if it wasn't for the work that your organization is doing, that child would be dead, is a very, very touching yeah. emotion oh, to have. So we don't think of, yeah, we don't think of that kind of an experience here in Canada. People, you know, we would die if we didn't have enough food. We we do have plenty. We're, we're kind of hit the genetic lottery, yeah. <laughs> being being born here and living in this in this in this wealth and this abundance. But but the blessing that you experience by going and helping these people that is a that is a wonderful blessing. And for this lady, what we did is we helped. We worked with the local government to find a piece of land for her. So now she has a piece of land. So she's growing her own food. Yeah. So we're not giving her food. Right. At first, when we found the, the children, we put them on an emergency right. uh, nourishment diet to, to give them really rich, nourished foods to get the child back to, to a healthy yeah. status. But now we're teaching them how to grow. They have a kitchen garden, which is all around our house with different varieties of, of vegetables and, and trees and fruits and these sorts of things. She has a cow has a goat, all things that came from, from the Embrace Project. Mm. So they have that variety. and uh, She can take care of herself. Mm. So it's she can take care of herself. Absolutely. Yeah. We provided a, a water source mm -hmm. and also provided a latrine for her as well. So oh. really helped to, to put them on a good footing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So scripture, how does that help you personally? Um, what do you get from scripture that, that helps you? God's word, you know, when we, when we feed on God's word, it, it feeds us. Mm -hmm. How does it feed you? Uh, you know, there are so many scriptures that mm -hmm. teach us about how we're supposed to deal with the less fortunate, how we're supposed to approach injustice in the world. So I, I do have one that I'm going to, to read here, and it's from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Mm -hmm. It says, The generous will themselves be blessed, mm -hmm. for they share their food with the poor. Mm. I think that's such an important thing. When we have, when we're so fortunate to have so much, yes. why would we want to hoard all of that for ourselves? Right. Right. Why not share it with those who are less fortunate? Right, right. So we can't outgive God. He just keeps giving and giving and giving. And, and as Absolutely. he gives, we give to others. Um, there's this beautiful verse that I, I looked at. It's in Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And it says that... God is able to bless you abundantly. And now look at all the more, how much he gives to us. He says, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, look at all the alls, <laughs> you will abound in every good work. So yes. God just gives us all that we need so that we can do good works for others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, Amazing. Yeah. And then when we do good works and we give, uh -huh. we ourselves are blessed and we feel so much happier 
when we live to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the, the principles, the ideas behind this is, is to have, have our eyes open, really, to have our eyes open to to what are the needs? What are the yeah. needs in the world around us? And then what are the needs in the bigger picture? And that's what ADRA has has an opportunity, the privilege of being able to do. And uh, so we're gonna listen to a song uh, called Open Our Eyes mm. That I May See. Mm. Open my eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee, ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me, send is clear and while the wave knows fall on my ear everything false will disappear silently now I wait for thee ready my God thy will to see open my ears illumine me So God wants to open our eyes so that we can see glimpses of truth that he has for us. So Annalyn, we gave Steve a chance to share with us a favorite verse from the Bible, from the word of truth. Can you share a favorite verse from the word of God? Yes, yeah. Every now and then, I would really try to check myself yes. as to what's my motivation for working at ADRA. Yes. And uh, I'd like to share with you a Bible verse on 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3, where it says, If I give all I have to the poor and give over my body for hardship, mm-hmm. but I have no love, mm-hmm. it means nothing. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. And it is really a work of love. Yes, so definitely it's not just good works, but what is it that is prompting you, driving you to do good works? So God is calling us to a higher order where we should be motivated by love Mm -hmm. in doing good works. And that's what ADRA is all about, really. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the purpose of ADRA, it really is that our world will be somewhere where all may live as God intended. Mm. And so I've brought a book today about the founder of ADRA Canada. So this tells about how ADRA Canada became, and it's called Faith to Change the World. Mm -hmm. It's about our founder, John Howard. And John wanted to see a world where 
people would live as God intended. So if your viewers are interested in learning more about ADRA or some more stories, there's plenty of stories in here along the lines of the ones that we had told here today. Uh, yeah, like to invite. Yeah, so this is a this is a free offer that we're making available, and the information is on the screen. If you're interested in getting this book by John Howard, he's the founder of Adra Canada, and stories of the faith to change the world. And we've been sharing some stories from Adra Canada, and he's just filled with all kinds of stories about how God led him, yes. and uh, how he has led the work of Adra Canada. So thank you very much for coming in, Steve. Thank you for making this offer available uh, for our viewers. And thank you, Annalyn, mm -hmm. and uh, for sharing your stories and your experiences. And thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you very much. So friends, um, we just want to leave you with the words of Jesus once again, where he says that it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.